0: Welcome to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers, and we're talking on this podcast about real solutions to regenerate our planet and our world, our communities, our lives, and our bodies. We're talking about holistic change for the better, an abundant future for all. And today we're talking about something that permaculture has not touched in the past, that i brought into my book and i'm still expanding and enriching my understanding of and detailing in my book I'm, I'm i'm updating it and i'm bringing new information in constantly we're talking about regenerating the oceans we're talking about the thing the big blue planet is dominated by we are talking about how to fix the biggest problem that we face it is the oceans and people don't approach it there's not i mean there's not much attention being given to it but it is the elephant in the room and dan marquez along with his wife antoinette marquez are regenerating the ocean they've got a plan they are starting on it they're doing it if you have ever worried about the oceans if you've ever wanted to help the oceans if you were ever concerned about your impact on the oceans It's now time to check this out, get excited, and get behind regenerative, multi-trophic systems design, which is what we're talking about in this episode. Let's get to it. Let's hear what Dan Marquez's vision is, and let's dive in. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time, you're so busy.
1: Oh no problem, man. So are you. So I mean, I know, I know how it goes. Believe me, we're all busy.
0: Yeah, it seems like this uh, this season is. I mean, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think some people are thinking about Christmas, but right now, I'm thinking about my goals before the end of the year. Yeah,
1: no kidding. I know one thing: we're not going to get permitted this year, um, just because. Um, Unfortunately, the way the agencies are so undermanned here in California, um, you know, they, they just, it just sits on people's desks because you, know, you got one guy in fish and wildlife doing aquaculture for the whole state of California, and you got one guy in Coast Commission doing the entire waters, the California waters. And he wears a second hat to do the federal waters, just outside of California waters.
0: And are these good guys? I'm sorry. Are, they, are these good people that need our help?
1: They're great people.
0: Yeah, you see, know, this is Randy, the thing that yes. people don't understand, I think. I think people don't get that these are good people in extremely exactly. difficult circumstances.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, I used to work for the state, so I get it. You know, I used to have to wear six to seven different hats. You know, I was running around with like a chicken with his head cut off. So the cool news is I've had Senator Weiner's office contact me and they're looking for ways to help legislative-wise with uh, this, this industry because California really wants to take off, but just can't seem to get out of its own way. Ah. So we are. So we're meeting. I'm actually have a meeting uh, on the 29th. Um, with a let's see if I got his card handy. Oh gosh, what did I do with it? He approached me at an other meeting I was at, and. Uh, He wants. He's he's an environmentalist, and he wants to work on. uh, Let's see if I can find his email at least. Let me find his name for you. Justin Malan, M-A-L-A-N. Okay. And he is with. Let's see if I can figure out. Pull this thing up. He's an econ consultant, and I can't remember who he's with. But I mean, the the list of people going to be here at this next meeting on the 29th up in Sacramento is going to be like a Monica Lamone, Senator McGuire, Senator Weiner. Um, You know, it's, it's about, um, you know, they part of their agenda is going to be trying to figure out what we could do as far as, uh, helping these, um, agencies out because like I said, they're good people and they want to do the right thing. They're just not funded correctly.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and, that's what, and that's one of the things I always preach when I talk about this stuff, you know, because I, I mention how long the, pro, the permanent process has taken, but I tell them it's, you know, it's not the fault of the people, you know. A lot of this stuff was laws that were voted in that you didn't have. I don't think people really understood what they were voting for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, it's written up by lawyers, you know, so. But anyway, so there's, there's some good news as far as that goes. It's still a little frustrating, uh, but the cool thing is, is uh, as soon as my farm gets permitted, it's going to open a door for other California farmers because they could use a lot of my uh, paperwork that I use to get permitted. Uh, basically, copy it.
0: Yeah, if doing absolutely. The same basic thing. So, so, so let's is- talk about what what your what your vision is because a lot of people, especially in permaculture get um, uh, completely frozen, you know, they freeze up when you, you start talking about how we're going to deal with all the pollution in the ocean and how we're going to deal with the, the kelp die off and the, 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 the fish, you know, being over harvested. Everyone feels overwhelmed and no one seems to be talking solutions in permaculture. And So when you approached me after my talk in Santa Barbara and you were like, yeah, you know, that's a great plan you've got up there we're doing it and we, I got some details for you you know it, it was it was I, I was so excited to, to find this out and I'm so excited to connect my audience and to connect the world and you're doing the same thing um, with, with with this message so that people can get that hope and then put some you know some support behind it so that we can make this really real
1: Oh, I agree so I'm really fortunate on December 4th I was invited by the the CEC—it's a uh, community environmental council here in Santa Barbara. And again, Monica Lamone will be there. She's one of the assembly people, and our mayor, and like that, and a bunch of council people. And we're going to talk because because the CEC had to rethink their stuff. So it, Again, you know, you're the only one so far, Matt, as far as permaculture people, who seem to realize that that big blue thing is a piece of this thing. It's and, and the so biggest they, piece so right now. <laughs> Yeah. So there. So the, even the CEC, because I even gave. Uh, I went to this other kind of talk that um, this, actually, this uh, scientist who was a NASA scientist uh, now has a book out, and um, you know he talked here in Santa Barbara. The Santa Barbara Permaculture people brought him out here to talk, and I was there, and I gave the the CEC, the founder of the CEC, a ride home because it was on the way home. And yet he actually lived on a street that I used to live on. Wow. And he was just fast. Yeah. He was just totally fascinated about this whole thing. Didn't really know anything about it. And it's right here in his own backyard, mm. you know? So, so this talk on the fourth is going to be about carbon sequestration and what the ocean can do to help with that and what the growing token can do to help with that. So, you know, my, my pie-in-the-sky dream has always been that, you know, we put one of these farms everywhere where a, a creek or, or river dumps in the ocean as far as the filtration piece of it. I just talked with the UCSB Geography Department because because they got this huge DOE grant. And they can actually um, take pictures of the kelp with drones in the water, and they could tell the density of the kelp. But not only that, they now can tell you what the sugar content and carbon content is of that kelp. What? Yes, it's huge. This imagery, this this image, this photo imagery they're doing now. And you could I mean they could do it from right there in the water to almost out there in space. Okay? So with that knowledge alone, when I'm growing my kelp, I know which kelp I can harvest that's fully saturated with carbon in which I can leave alone to continue doing uh, carbon sequestration. Is that wow. crazy? That's really crazy. I mean, I was so stoked, and, and they can't wait for my farm to get up. The other thing I talked to Fish and Wildlife because I was up there last week in Sacramento is, you know, these um, uh, MPAs, Marine Protected Areas. Okay, you're not allowed to go in there and fish or do anything with them, okay? But the way I look at it is this. It's, t- it's the most ridiculous thing in the, w- in the world because of this fact alone. Imagine clear-cutting a forest and then going, oh, sh- look what we just did. we got to fence this all off so it come back. <laughs> well, how long would it take that forest? Right. Well, how long would it take that forest to come back, right?
0: Uh, hundreds so and hundreds of same- years.
1: Yes, exactly. So the same thing is going on with these MPAs. So I approached Randy. I go, Randy, let me go in and at least plant, not to harvest, just to help the kelp come back in these areas. So he's like, he looked at me going, yeah, you know, that's not a bad idea. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on working on that angle. But like I said, the Pine Sky dream is to be able to have farms everywhere where river and creek dumps into it and then take that kelp that, you know, cause I don't need much for what I'm doing, but put it back onto the land, you know, harvest it when it's time to harvest it and put it back onto the land and use it for fertilizer and just, you know, complete that circle, so the, all that nutrients and nitrogen it just doesn't run off the ocean and stop there, you know? We gather it in the kelp and throw it back on the land for fertilizer.
0: And I think a lot of people's reaction is like, but wait, doesn't the ocean need that? But then we need to remember eutrophication. Yes. We've yes. been We've been and dumping... The problem,
1: the problem too, the problem is that the acidification of the ocean is because of all this carbon and nitrogen is filtering into the ocean, okay? But we can take the kelp once it has maxed its ability to sequester more carbon and use that kelp to put back onto the land. It's really not that hard of an equation once you start looking at this thing. You know, you you just, you you, you can farm it with with amazing technology. You know, the the technology to farm itself is really basic, but the technology to tell you when to pull certain plants out is going to be awesome.
0: It also feels like you're setting the the bar really high when you're partnering with technology that's undeniable. Like, well, this has reached its full potential now, or its full ripeness. I mean, we're at this point where farmers are getting lab reports on their food so that they can show their customers. um, And carbon sequestration and measuring our carbon footprint in our own personal lives is becoming not only possible, but easy.
1: Yes, agreed. Totally agreed. So yeah, so um, so that's where I'm at with this thing right now. I really want to get, um, uh, you know, this thing going as fast as I can. Obviously, I have a um, consultant working with me right now to try to uh, help expedite this a little bit. Um but you know it's just you know it's it's just going to take time just because of the way the darn um, thing is set up. Yeah. So so you know it's just what it is.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of step back a little bit and look at the at the full picture for our audience. So okay. The kelp forest has uh, off the coast of California over 90% of it died off during El Nino and the, that, yes. that warming period. And, yes. s- and so the habitat for otters and sea urchin and all these other all these other related species is now gone. Yes. And so all the carbon they embodied, um, all the the systems and sequestration, all the things that they they did is completely gone. And this is not unique to this area. This kind of thing is happening <laughs> regularly all over the world. Correct. So so. And we're all seeing this, we're seeing the, 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 this, this huge die-off in ocean life, but what, what you're doing is literally bringing back the balance by establishing keystone, ecological, foundational pieces. And those things are kelp, um, specifically, and then, and, then, and then there's these cages. How about we start with like at the at the river or the the stream that's flowing into the water and talk about what happens every stage as that water that with the excess nitrogen and carbon coming down, what happens to it?
1: Right, right. So, you know, the water is you know you know runoff from the land, and um, it's it's kind of gathered all this nitrogen. And different stuff from the soil and now it's heading towards the ocean now if you if you have a if you look at the Mississippi River where it dumps into the Gulf there's a complete dead zone and getting bigger by the minute unfortunately from the river dumping in there because of the nitrogen killing off you know it, it nitrogen replaces oxygen and of course we know what happens when there's no oxygen um, everything dies so That's what's going on right now is that water is coming in loaded with nitrogen and God knows what else, coming from the land, coming from um, some, what I like to say, irresponsible farmers. There's some responsible farmers that are doing their best they can not to add to this, but there is some irresponsible farming going on, and there is, I don't know what to do about that piece. I really don't. But anyways, the water, like I said, that we're getting is just loaded with nitrogen, and you know the ocean cannot handle that. It's added. There's a. There's only there's only so much it can saturate, and the same thing with all the CO2 in the, in the air too. That's just constantly bombarding the ocean with all the CO2. Does that make any
0: sense? Yeah, it's diffusion. It's just the classic diffusion between two mediums, so the air and the water, and so the, the water is taking up half the carbon that we've released into the sky. Yes.
1: yes, that's correct. And then, like I said, unfortunately, the reason that we have the acidification problem now is because we've gone to that tipping point now where we've passed where the ocean can actually handle it. Now, the CO2 happens to be lunch for kelp, Okay, so when we when we had thriving kelp uh, communities, um, you know we probably were handling it a little better. But now that the kelp has taken such a beating, there's really no um, no way to uh, you know sequester in the wa- in the ocean water right now, other than kelp, algae's basically, all the different algae's. Now the, one of the things that I always mention is that the fact that you know we have these uh, dimethyl acid breakouts. Um, That is an algae also, and it's always been in the ocean, it's always been there. But we had all sorts of good algae that competed for the same food source, so it was kept kept in balance. Now that our good algae is going away, that's why we're seeing so many more of these red tides or domoic acid breakouts.
0: It's the same thing that's happening in many of our digestive tracts with over acidification in our diets. People are having these outbreaks and um, IBS yes. and Crohn's and it's because yes. our diets are imbalanced.
1: Yes, agreed. Agreed a hundred percent. You know, so um, so so basically that's why I think it was so important to put, you know, these um, these farms not even for the sake of farming it, you know, for anything else than trying to get it, you know, to absorb the carbon, to absorb the nitrogen, and then to throw it back on the land. Um, because, you know, I don't understand soil, but I know you guys do, and I know you guys uh, can uh, make the kelp work to help the soil. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. There's a huge science behind um, sea minerals. Uh, the, the reality is... Geologically, uh, since time, you know, the mountains have been disintegrating and flowing through the rivers and the streams down into the sea. and so, Oh, that
1: makes sense, too.
0: Yeah, and so our soils have always been, been leaching with every rain, because the rain is all like distilled water, and so when you add distilled right. water to a mineral substance, it starts leaching the mineral out of it. So. Right. So th- we're really participating in something that also our ancestors recognized—that they would go down to the ocean and gather up the seaweed and bring it back to their fields. Uh, they they yes. understood the nutrient cycle.
1: that yeah, well, saved the the you know the the potato famine that they were um, Irish moss—they were eating Irish moss. Wow. The Irish were. Oh. Huh. Yeah, that's a really neat thing in history. That's the Irish. The Irish moss—I um, yeah, think even the name came from the fact that the Irish, you know, during that potato famine, were um, uh, uh, eating uh, Irish moss in order to survive. Wow! Yeah.
0: So the water comes down and it first hits these these cages, right?
1: Oh, the the forest. You mean the Kelp Forest?
0: Well, before the before. kelp forest begins, because the kelp forest is in the water, it's not in the stream, but upstream before it even hits the shore, are we putting down, um, like, uh, like uh, boxes for mollusks and other, and other um, animals to, to clean the water before it even reaches us in the ocean?
1: Well, in a in perfect world, um,
0: Let's talk about that perfect love, world. <laughs>
1: yeah, oysters, oysters love brackish water. And they're amazing filters. So uh, I know that in Connecticut, you know, the Greenway was growing their oysters in these little tidal zone, almost like rivers that were going back and forth that had brackish water in them. And then what you do after they get to full size from there, you take them out to deeper water so they can kind of clean themselves out a little bit. Wow. The oysters love brackish water. And they're amazing. They can filter five gallons a day.
0: I grew up I grew up in those tidal zones playing in that stinky squishy that <laughs> mud I, I I literally grew up on off the of Long Island sound and so this area when oh, I first right. heard about this I was so excited about Green wave and then if you if, if people have read my book they know that I I don't let them off you know I, I, I point out that they should be focusing you know they shouldn't be eating it <laughs> Cause it's the yeah. Long Island Sound. Oh man! Right.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and they should be working be on
0: sequestering summer. more.
1: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. 100. percent
0: With what your idea is, your vision is like we need to get this vision out there. Uh, that's why I've been working with with uh, Antoinette. We've been I've been going back and forth yep. on that that picture that we're working on because. Uh-huh. That's going to be the clearest thing that I can do from my end is show that beautiful, perfect vision where every step of the way, we're filtering it, we're slowing it down, we're allowing yeah. life to work on it. And then, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have to add to this image, the, the, the kelp coming back in. In my mind, you know, I thought that sequestering the kelp into the, the soils of the ocean would be ideal, but since we're not you know we're we're all on land eating uh, eating food on land, and we need to leave a lot of the what we love to eat alone from the ocean for a while. Um,
1: agreed, agreed. So the other thing that's so cool about this too is that everywhere that I'm able to successfully get the farm to grow, you're going to create an entire ecosystem at the same time because the fishery industry is taking a beating too because you know the fish used it for. It's like a big nursery. The Kelp Forest is a nursery for all sorts of species of fish. And you know, when the when the I uh, can't wait because we're gonna actually gonna go in there and we're gonna start uh, videoing what it looks like, you know, underwater right now at the farm. And then once we start growing it, is to see how vibrant it's gonna be. And the you know, the fishermen are gonna be wanting to fish all around the farm, um, which is fine. I mean, it's just unfortunately I can't really stop that. But the, the cool thing is, is that the amount of life that's going to come to life there um, is going to be amazing. Now, I wish I could stop them from fishing because you're right. We do need to just leave everything alone for a while and just let it come back. You know, uh, I, I'm, I don't think it's going to happen, but at least, you know, we're going to start um, seeing some the numbers, you know, come up in those areas. And that's what, you know, my main goal is because it, it's going to, the farming technique that I want to use from the bottom up instead of a, a, a long line system allows the macro systems to grow for four to five years, uh, which is its life cycle. And in that life cycle, gather up as much of the um, uh, the carbon as possible. And I just found some amazing stuff from Neuschel that we have here. And, and basically, you know, he already tested different systems as far as how far apart this to spread the kelp when you're growing it, you know, to get the maximum growth on the on the different blades wow. of the kelp. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable stuff, and I'm just so excited. I, I, I can't wait to get in the darn water, you know, and that's why I'm approaching Randy right now because I don't need to have a permit to go into uh, through you know, the coastal like that if I can get into these MPAs and just start seeing if I get that stuff to grow and start helping it. Cause there's one right next to my farm. There's an MPA there, um, that i love to see, you know, I'd love to do some work and see it come back. It's called Naples Reefs And, you know, there's a, there's a chance, you know, right there, um, you know, just to, just to help. So, you know, that's, like I said, I, I we have to get in the water. We have to start doing something to help the ocean. Um, you know, there's, it's, know what's going on right now with the ocean is frightening Um, and the cool thing is I'm also involved right now with the Moss Landing Marine Laboratory which is a Cal State Um, I'm working with uh, Mike Graham Dr. Mike Graham and he's got two large tank systems that I'm helping him design Uh, one system is going to test what if you can imagine uh, two different tanks 300 gallons each one filled with algae, the other filled with bivalves. And then we'll blend the water at different percentages And because the, the, the bivalves actually discharge ammonia. Okay, I mean, it's basically their pee, right? So we're going to start measuring what these what the kelp actually takes because the kelp loves the ammonia, the nitrogen, the, the, the CO2. That's all food for the kelp. So we're going to start measuring... You know what kind of uptake is actually going on there because you know part of the thing is too is I want to you know I want to add mussels to the farm um, you know that you know because the California kelp there's not too many California kelp that is edible that's easily farmed uh, if you look at what Mike's doing up there in Monterey he's growing dulse and he's growing it on land which is really neat except for the fact that you know the energy that you're using to pump seawater onto land filtering it and using it for that it's pretty intense um as far as uh you know what you're what you're doing you know footprint wise right. it takes a lot of energy to, to move that seawater you know so if you could farm in the ocean it's it's a better thing but 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 dulse is one of those few kelps that grow i'll call locally that is actually something you can put right on your dinner table on, right on your plate you know, so that, you know, the thing is, and the cool thing with this new technology also that I talked about earlier with, uh, the, uh, geography department is now we can go in and harvest the kelp when we know it's the right time to harvest it, where it can't do any more good. So I don't really feel, you know, like I'm really doing any damage to the kelp itself. I'm actually going in there and taking the kelp out that's just about ready, almost technically to die. Uh, because of the four to five year lifespan, and then, you know, uh, using that kelp, you know, on land now, taking it and putting it right back onto land. Um, I, I, I just, when I saw this technology and when he told me what he could do with it, I was blown away, as you can imagine.
0: Well, it's and stunning.
1: really excited.
0: I mean, this, this, this is, makes it, the science and the ability to measure these sorts of things, makes it marketable makes it so powerful and undeniable It's really amazing
1: Yes. so for the people who are worried about taking the kelp out of the water you know this just kind of you know ends that worry you know we could do it in a way that is so sustainable I mean you know it's the most sustainable thing to grow on the planet already because I don't have to water it or feed it but then to be able to harvest it at the right time because of, of that information you know wow (laughs) it just blows me away
0: I feel like we're gonna um, see that emerging in more and more industries like essential oil industries are gonna start using technology to actually know when to harvest the lavender for the maximum medicinal potency and stuff like that
1: And that's smart oh yeah you know that's that's really smart you know so I mean I I think it's you know getting everybody to kind of work together on this thing. So we're, you know, cause for, for me, it's like, you know, yes, we need to make money and we're going to make money on this other part of it. This farming piece isn't really the money maker. Um, it can be, but, but I, I just want to make sure that, you know, I mean, I got this email from somebody that, uh, the other day and asking about, you know, how fast can I make money if I start doing it? Blah, blah, blah. So dude, this is not going to be some kind of, you know, uh, You know giant moneymaker and it's going to take time right now to get established a lot of time but you know i just keep on telling people that are really interested is you need to have a lot of patience you know and then and then just keep on rooting for my farm to go through because as soon as that happens we can use so much information from that to help their farms get going i absolutely agree i don't i'm not out there to My end goal is not to become some millionaire of this thing. My end goal would be to see the oceans become very healthy.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that the people who give the most are the people that are are going to be taken care of. And that means that for a while, we'll be kind of close to hitting the bottom, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes. But that's okay. That's okay, because the reason we're close to the bottom is because we have a lot of people in our boat.
1: Yes, yes. I like that. I like that. Well, like I said, when I get in front of these assembly people and, and like that, and because even the CEC said, you know, they're like, when you talk, you're, you're very passionate about it, you know, so, well, because, yes, I am. <laughs> I should be. I want to be. This is, this is a dream. This is, a, this is a, pr- a problem, and there is a solution right in front of us if we can get out of our own way.
0: Yeah, and for me, I see, I always try to tie in the social, economic, and everything, and, and it was really awesome when you opened my eyes to the fact that kelp farming can be regenerative, that you know when it's yeah. time, when you know you can you, you trim it. You're not taking it out of the ground, you know, and I, I, I've been struggling for a while. What do we do with these fishermen? I want to honor them. I don't want to tell them, stop fishing. I want to tell them, we need you to get out there more and so something that would be absolutely incredible that as a society we'd really have to get behind and I don't know I mean we, we like clean air we like clean seafood I mean we as a society have all the reason in the world to get behind this concept but something like a fisherman's restoration sabbatical where they get training education and get compensated and believe me, I mean, people are like, oh, man, you're going to subsidize. It's like we're we subsidize farmers like to the hilt that they, they only make 20, dollars $20 per acre, you know, a year when they're doing Monsanto corn. The reality is these guys aren't making money. They're doing what they love. That's the reason they're out there. So yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't be breaking anyone's bank to actually subsidize these guys taking some time off and staying on the water. And getting their their, their brothers and their, their sisters who are already out of business but holding on to their boats, holding on to their dreams, wanting to get back on the water because so many of these industries have been collapsing that we have Billy Joel songs talking about it in the 80s, you know what I mean? Right. right. So, so this yep. is not something yep. new and this is not something that's like a, a small portion of our society. There is the roots Of coastal um, fishermen in this society goes deep really deep and and maybe in modern day we don't see it but it is there so I, I, I think that if we could honor this population if we could invite them to take part in something that makes them even more involved in the ocean and doing what they love and helping continue their legacy I think we could see something extremely positive happen.
1: I was working with this uh, scientist from San Jose um, and she was going to, because I was telling her about the fact that, you know, so like these crab fishermen, some of the hardest working people, good people you ever meet in your life, now are having their boats and houses taken from them because of the demolic acid breakouts where it just crippled that industry. And these people can't go to work not because they don't want to, um, just, but because that industry just got crippled. But my idea was, is, you know, I don't have a boat. I would love for these guys to come in to be able to use their boats and put them to work on these farms. And, and they can't do all their fishing year-round or seasonal stuff, too. So there's seasonal times for the kelp. Also, where they come in there and they can help with the harvesting. And they could, we could put them to work on these farms. They can even take care of the farms themselves, you know. And they could do a little bit of of each. Maybe maybe they're kelp farming part of the year, and they're maybe they're you know doing their fishing. But you're right. We ha- you know there's there's a whole amazing uh, amount of knowledge with these fishermen out there. Who've been out there for years. I met a guy in Rhode Island when I was back east. He was 11th generation fisherman. 11th generation.
0: We can't let that go. I, just,
1: I know. I just wanted to do the old Vulcan mind thing to the side of his head. You know what I mean? To get all that knowledge out of it. He was talking about the fact that when his dad and his grandfather used to go out, they'd use a compass and a stopwatch to guide them to where their stuff was because they couldn't even see stuff. And I was thinking about I mean, the, the, the amount of, you know, courage you would have to have to head out to that ocean where you can't even see land and to be able to come back the same way where you can't even see it because of the way the weather was. I mean, that's ballsy. Those were men. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. And, and you know, to, we cannot lose that knowledge. It's so, their birthright. Right.
0: The, 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 it's their birthright, the, these families yes. have carried yes. this tradition, and some of them have yes. been carrying this tradition since time immemorable. Um, yes. Some of these fishing communities, uh, we don't know when they began. <laughs> yes, exactly,
1: exactly. And they're hurting, too. You know, so the whole thing is, if we can get the fishing communities to understand just how helpful the kelp Forest will be and I'm sure most of them will know what happens in the kelp already you know I don't think we would have a problem with these fishing communities getting behind us at all because I think they understand already when the kelp believes so do the fish
0: absolutely so I feel like there's this new economy that's emerging and whether it's the carbon economy you know carbon credit system or regenerative economy we just need to put our attention and our, 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 our support behind these things and they will just start happening. We just need to get enough people to know and then enough people passionate.
1: Yes. Yes, well like I said I'm doing I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for John because I do get to go and talk about this in different scenarios with him. He had me talk at a Soil Not Oil Conference in Richmond. I talked up in Hopland, California. Ohio, which it turned out to be a gold mine of people and information um, from a little tiny town like Ojai, which just blew me away. And it, it was so interesting, I, um, that guy that spoke on that podcast that I did um, before me, I don't know if you saw him, I can't remember his name, but he knew you. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun. I've been, you know, when I meet permaculture people, I go, oh yeah, I've been been—I've been talking with Matt Powers. Oh my God, yes, he's great. You know, and I, I just met a, a guy up here who has a big uh, farm, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. What's his name? Oh, my God. I got so many people meeting. I, I, I can't keep everything straight. He has a big, giant farm in Kuwama, uh, Kuyama and in uh, above Ojai area. And I, I met with him, and, you know, he was they were looking to possibly get into the farming piece, too. But, you know, I, I wasn't trying to discourage him. I just tried to get him to where we're at right now with it. And, uh, but he's, you know, he's definitely interested in using, uh, possibly kelp, you know, on his farm. And he knew you also. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, you mean, oh, dude, you're a superstar.
0: Okay? Oh, man.
1: You are. So it's, it's great. And you know, because you know, my wife just absolutely loves you. you know, I, mean, I just, I just, she blows me away every day. And I, I just love her to death.
0: That's so sweet. I'm so happy for you both. It's so cool yeah, because... You're, you're, you're restoring, and then she's transforming the products that you're getting into these healing. It, it's like yes. you're you're healing the ocean, and then she, she's healing people in this beautiful, yes. beautiful system together. And, and on top of it, you're married. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Well, the other thing that makes it so unique, too, is that we're, and I've never heard this term before, but we're a completely vertical company because of the fact that we're, we'll- we're going to be growing it, but right now we harvest it. Then we process it. Then we borrow it, label it and sell it. You know what I mean? So we're yeah. completely vertical and there's not too many companies out there at all. We looked at it. We looked at the different area to do some of our commercial work. Once we start getting a little bigger, now that we got some help, um, we looked at this, uh, a kitchen because an FDA kitchen and, and they were shocked about it. Like we guys are completely vertical. It's, that's just crazy because, because, so many people buy ingredients from different places and make their own kind of stuff. We're making our own ingredients. We make the extracts. You know, we're making dry ingredients. We're doing all this stuff right now. And it's, it's really fascinating. We have some companies throughout the United States right now that are just waiting for us to get set up completely because they want to buy from us instead of buying from overseas.
0: Absolutely, and I've, I've had the pleasure of, of trying out the AMAC Beauty products, and my wife is using them, and she, she doesn't want to use anything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just, hey, let us know when you're running low. Oh, okay. you guys are so sweet.
0: We'll, we'll keep you
1: supplied up. Okay, just let us know. I mean, do not hesitate, you know, because it takes a little time to ship it, so let me know, and we will ship some, whatever you guys like, we'll ship out to you.
0: That's, okay? You're, you're so kind. So the, well, and I think most people too, don't man. know Even you, about about what you, what you guys are doing. Thalasso therapy has a long yeah. historical and still embedded oh, yes. influence.
1: Yes, yes, it does. It's amazing because and and you know, Antoinette has the only book written in English about thalasso therapy. It's
0: the only one in the world. Wow.
1: Yeah. Now, have you? Did you get a copy of that book?
0: Um, I have a, I have a digital copy of that book, okay. And okay, yeah, it, but... my wife might have a physical copy that she's keeping. I I I have I I've I, I, I read the digital one, um, right. And it was so just mind blowing to you know the word spa is a town. The word bath is a town. Yes. And it's it's yes. related to the the sea minerals in that area that healed people. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, Epsom, Epson wasn't like just this, you know, brand, that you, it was an actual place, Bath was an actual place where you went to, you know, it was, it's, it's amazing, and then there's still to this day, doctors in France still prescribe for their patients to go down to the Mediterranean and go to these quote-unquote spa, I don't know if you really call it a spa, where they'll soak in seawater or soak in, with kelp and heal. All sorts of different uh, ailments. Even, even the thing that blew me away too is if you look up like ocean plasma. If you you drink seawater, it's filtered seawater, and the list of stuff that it cures and prevents is enormous. And it, the whole it all makes sense to me when you, when you start thinking about the fact that we were formed basically in seawater.
0: Yeah, amniotic fluid, water, is like seawater.
1: Yes water to amniotic food that we're formed in you know our bodies are over 70 percent water you know I, I i crack up laughing when and and you know when some of these i go to some of these uh permaculture events and soil thing and they're, they're just hammering about all the stuff you could do on the land which i think is great for carbon sequestration but people we live on planet ocean we're all islanders on this planet you know what i mean and because it's over 75 percent water.:
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, so I just you know, like I guess I, 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 I'm very passionate about whatever we could do to heal it because it's such an amazing place. I mean, have you ever, have you ever scuba dived in the ocean?
0: No, I, I all right, so what happened was I grew up going to the Long Island Sound. Todd's Point was where it was my, my beach and uh-huh. I, 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 I went to camp there, I learned how to sail on a teeny little boat with, with a, just a rope and a sail, you know, and <laughs> right. yeah, I was one of those little kids with the little boats out there, and uh, awesome. I just have always loved, I, my, my dad and both my brothers went to Bates up in Maine, and so lobsters where it's something that we ate at almost every occasion that was important. Mm. (laughs) I used to eat raw oysters and clams and I haven't eaten Mm. anything from the ocean in many, many years other than the lower forms um, so that the the toxins are less concentrated. So I I eat, you know, uh, plants from the ocean but I don't eat animals. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, so if you get a chance get under the water you will be absolutely amazed by the colors of everything that's down there you will never see a more brighter orange blue red yellow green anywhere on this planet until you get under the water and then turn a light on and it's like it will completely blow you away and swimming through a kelp forest was, I, I can't even describe it. It is the most beautiful, life-filled place I've ever been in my life. The concentration of life in that kelp forest, I used to dive right out here in Santa Barbara, you know, growing up here. It's, a, it's amazing, Matt. It is amazing, it's just full of life. How, and I, I mean, how, I just, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about trying to help it.
0: How hard is it to go diving? I mean, do you need, like, a lot of training? Could I just, like, hop in the water with you? Nope.
1: It's, it's, uh, the certification uh, takes about, I think, two to three weeks. Okay. And then and then it, then you don't have to buy the gear. You can just rent gear. And it's, it's a lot cheaper that way to do it. But, uh, yeah, it is, if, if you ever get a chance to go in the water to dive or just at least just snorkel for now because snorkeling to me was the biggest tease of my life once i got you know into the water and snorkeling it's like oh my god i want to stay down longer i can't hold my damn breath (laughs) (laughs) but once you get down there and start experiencing what it looks like what it feels like okay that's the other thing too is what it feels like when you're in that water and the the pressure against your body, the, um, the, the, I don't know, just the, the way the water feels on your skin. I mean, it's just, every bit of it is absolutely amazing. Wow. And then what you get to see, I can, I can remember, I get down on the ocean floor about 30 feet down, which is where a lot of the life is anyways, and I'll, I'll get an urchin and I'll turn it around and I'll, you know, cause and I'll crack it open. Right. And then fish will come and eat it right out of my hand. Wow. And it's oh, it's so amazing. And I think that there's a, a, a species, of, or a um, yeah, species of fish called the jerrybaldi, which is a state fish. And it, it's, I mean, you'll never see an orange or orange in this fish. And um, those guys must know that they are protected by state because they'll swim right up to you, right in your face. And almost like tell you, okay, man, feed me. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's a really beautiful fish and it's so dang orange. So you know, I, I you know, as soon if you can if there's just any way you could just I don't know how close are you to the to the sea right there in Washington.
0: I'm outside Seattle, so I'm pretty close
1: if you can just get a chance, even if you just go snorkel it, just so you can get in there and feel it and see it and be a part of it, and you'll understand my passion completely.
0: Okay. Well, I feel like I, okay, I need cause... to now uh, get get some training and then, uh, and then join you in the ocean.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I mean, Matt, I don't think there'd be anything better on this planet is than to have you come out once this thing's up and going and be able to dive the farm so you can see what it's doing you know uh, you're an amazing teacher you know I mean there's a there's a one acre parcel we're going to have there set up as a teaching farm
0: you Let's know do it. Mean, there's Let's so many it. different
1: things that I could there's so many different things that I could think of that you know if, uh, and I know you're so busy and so into what you're doing and I just uh, applaud everything you do but you know if there was a way that once this farm got set up and if you took a look and, and you want to teach people how to set this up, you know, <laughs> it would be all you. You're an amazing teacher.
0: Yeah, let's and do it'd it. be
1: so much fun.
0: All I mean, right. Be so
1: much fun. I you can't know? wait. So like I said, there's, yeah, there's all this stuff and, and you know, it's going to be this uh, incredible playground. You know, I, I, the thing that's going to be so fun, too, is, is for your kids to come out. And to be able to go out there and dive it and to look at it and to feel it and to see it, to touch it, to taste it, all of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, you know, you, as many people as you can get into the water to see what it's like. I mean, that's why I, I, I just get blown away by people who live in this town who've never been in the ocean. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> how, could you, how could you not want to get into this thing and check it out and see a you know, little... Well, we're afraid of sharks. It's like, well, you know, the chance you got a better chance of winning the lottery than you got, you know, being attacked by a shark. You know, for one thing, you know, and especially when you're in scuba gear because you know we're making so much noise. They just like, well, what? I don't know what that is, but it's not food. You know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, so, like I said, if you get a chance, um, get in the water and, and just take a look at it. Even if you're just, you know, just past where the water's you know breaking.
0: Oh man, yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna take <laughs> that challenge and I'm gonna do it.
1: Awesome. Have I been able to answer all your questions, Matt? I'm sorry I talk so damn much sometimes about this stuff. And anything you need for me, you know, let me know. I'll do the best I can help you out. I, I know that uh, I've got so much stuff going at the same time, but I, I mean, I, like I said, I, you know, you are, you know, so welcomed and invited to come out when this farm gets going, um, because you you got to experience this thing too, Matt. You, yeah, you just have to.
0: Let's rent let's rent a, an underwater camera, or I'll get a friend with an underwater camera. We'll ask the internet, and uh, oh, yes. and let's go out there and let's document this and make this like a National Geographic, you know, you know, like that Tamales Bay video that just came out. Let let's yes. go, let's go yes. hit that level.
1: You know, we're going to get this thing going and we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to do it right. You know, we're going to, we're going to be, you know, do everything the correct way. And, and, you know, karma is this amazing thing. If you do things good, good things happen. If you do things bad, holy cow, you better watch your ass.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's been a long time coming in America and it feels like things are clicking all of a sudden. I mean... Bad yes. people are being called out. Good people yes. are being celebrated. I mean, Sean Sherman, the sous chef, has been, like, making the rounds. I mean, he's all over the place. And is there any better example of food, you know what I mean, right now? You're right. No. It's it's absolutely it's thrilling what, what, we're, what we're seeing. Oh, agreed. Agreed. You
1: know, so, again, like I said, you know, just, you know, let me know what you need, Matt, and um, I I can't wait to have you out here, and we are doing some, we are going to be videotaping, the. we got some GoPros, we're going to be videotaping what the farm looks like right now, and then, you know, we'll be videotaping as we're, you know, putting the farm together, you know, so I can't wait to get some of this stuff into your hands.
0: Excellent. And,
1: uh, yes. Yeah, so just, like I said, just let me know what you need, um, I'm Really, both Antoinette and I are both really happy and honored to work with you.
0: Oh man. It's
1: really a, it's really a lot of fun.
0: Well, you, you both so, are an inspiration man. to me too.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, so like I said, just stay in touch and then uh, let me know what you need and I will uh, keep you updated as far as how it's going as far as the permitting process um, and uh, we'll just, you know, keep on, keep on trucking along.
0: Absolutely. Keep taking giant steps. Heck yeah! Yeah. Heck yeah! <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today.
1: Oh, it's always great to talk with you, Matt. Always great. You have a wonderful day. Um, say hello to your
0: wife and kids for me. I will. And, uh,
1: I'll talk.
0: I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Say hi to Antoinette for me.
1: I will. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. wow that was incredible if you liked listening to dan if you want to learn more if you want to see this i encourage you to sign up right now for thursday's very special webinar i'm going to be there with dan with raleigh with neil i love all these guys we're going to be there at the sustainable mass sustainable design Masterclass. so what you're going to do right now is go to sustainable design masterclass.com forward slash kelp farming and the links down below in the descriptions but go and visit this site sign up so that you do not miss this webinar on Thursday with Dan Daniel Marquez has such vision and he and Antoinette have created this plan there's going to be a huge change that's going to happen in ocean regeneration and they're gonna be at the center of it so I want you to be part of this. I want you to see what's going on. I want you to spread this awareness, spread this hope and excitement. So sign up. And if you want to learn more about what I was talking about, check out the permaculture Go sc- scroll down and click on get the permaculture student to free. And my book has an entire section on ocean restoration, large scale ocean restoration. And you can check that section out. The, the only caveat is like we talked about, right? That it's not just vertical farming. We're actually We're actually rooting these kelp in the ground and we're not taking them out. We're leaving them and we're trimming them in the new regenerative model that Dan's talking about and he's proven. So incredible things are possible. Incredible new things are happening. I've got to update my book. But in the meantime, go download it and check it out. See what is possible and get excited and spread that hope. I hope that you have an amazing week and I hope that this brightens your Monday wherever you are in the world. Live more regeneratively. I'm Matt Powers. Have an awesome week.